In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So who is the protagonist in this story that we just heard? Who is the good guy? Who is the one that stands as a symbol of good news for the weary listener? Because it's kind of hard to tell. This is a difficult parable, and in many ways it sounds more like the violence of this world than it does the peaceable kingdom. We have those who were first invited to the banquet, so resistant to the invitation that they killed the messengers. We have the king who responds with a vengeance so disproportionate he burns down an entire city. We have a a man who shows up to the feasts but refuses to participate fully by honoring the dress code. A dress code that maybe the king takes quite a bit too seriously. And so it's hard for us to read this parable and it's hard to find it exactly what Jesus means at the beginning when he says the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. And yet right there in the middle of it all, there is a feast. If we're looking for some sense of good news, of some sense of of uh, joy in the midst of it, there is a feast, a celebration, a banquet. And as I read this passage, I'm really struck by the dissonance between these two images, between the image of a feast in the midst of violence. And perhaps that dissonance might share with us something about the message that we can hear in today's parable. There's this incredible movie called Of Gods and Men. Maybe you've seen it. If you haven't, I have it in my office. You're welcome to borrow it. It's based on a true story of a group of French Cistercian monks living and working in a small Muslim village in Algeria when civil war breaks out in the mid-1990s. And throughout this movie, you can see these wonderful relationships that these men, these monks, had developed with the people in their community despite having significant differences in belief. But as the area becomes more and more dangerous and the monks begin to receive threats from nearby terrorists, they have to make this impossible decision of whether or not to stay in the community and to continue serving it or to flee and go somewhere else for their own safety. It's a beautiful, powerful film, though it's not one that has too many smiles in it. So if you're you're looking for a comedy, you don't want to watch this one. Instead, the film, this film, as beautiful as it is, is filled with grave faces, serious faces, faces that are worried about the future and worried about the violence that they see around them in the world. 
And yet, there's this one scene, this one magnificent scene when just as the monks sit down to eat, one of them brings out two bottles of wine and turns on some music and they feast. In the middle of all that chaos and fear, they feast. And as they feast, grave faces turn to smiles. And smiles turn to laughter. And the laughter bring out tears, and then the tears bring out smiles again. That's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a feast in the midst of violence. A celebration in the midst of chaos. A banquet in the midst of turmoil. The kingdom of heaven is the subversive practice of joy in the face of despair. As our, first, or our second reading says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The kingdom of heaven is a surprising growth of peace that surpasses human understanding. Again, as our second reading says, the kingdom of heaven is a feast. And in this feast, this banquet, the feasting doesn't wait for things to get better. It starts in the here and now. It starts right in the middle of all the messiness of this world. It's not a reward or a luxury that is saved for things when, uh, when things become as they should be. Instead, feasting is itself a means of bringing healing and peace to the world. It is the inbreaking of goodness and hope to otherwise hopeless situations. Feasting refuses to allow the pain and violence of this world to rob us of the presence of God. It doesn't allow suffering to win. The kingdom of heaven is a feast. And we are all invited to that feast. Each one of us individually and collectively are invited to participate in that feast. When the world around us feels like it's falling apart, when we see our neighbor in need, when we see our neighbor who is hurting, we are called to bring out the bottles of wine and to turn on the music and to shine a light into dark places. We are called not to give in to defeatism, but to find hope and joy in the midst of despair. The kingdom of heaven is a feast. And Good Shepherd has a table at that feast. When we say that we exist to be a beacon of faith, hope, and love in this place, what we mean is that we are committing to setting a table and lighting a candle in the shadows that we see around us. When someone is struggling in their marriage, perhaps, and they walk into this place through these doors for worship, we feast together. 
When someone isn't sure how they're going to put dinner on the table tomorrow and they come to our food pantry, we feast together. When someone is riddled with doubt and skepticism and they come to one of our book studies or Bible studies, we feast together. When a child is struggling in school and finds a community of support and care from our teachers and staff, we feast together. When a person is diagnosed with a life-altering illness and they know that there are parishioners who are praying for them, we feast together. When a family in Haiti sends their child to school knowing that they will have something to eat for lunch because Good Shepherd packed that lunch for them back in March, we feast together. And when our eyes are on the Holy Land and our hearts join together in prayer for those that suffer, we feast together. It doesn't always mean putting on a smile or a happy face, but it means coming together and recognizing that there is goodness and hope and joy that is beyond what we are experiencing in the here and now. That is feasting. Good Shepherd exists to be a feast of faith, hope, and love in the world. And you are invited to that feast. You, we, are invited to that feast. In your service program today, you've received an invitation. An invitation to feast at the table of God. I invite you today as you go home, rather than dropping that off in the recycling bin, take that invitation. Take it home and put it up on your refrigerator. Put it somewhere in your home where you'll see it regularly. And let it be for you a reminder of why it is we're here, of our mission and ministry. And today, as we begin to reflect on the coming year and all of the things that it will take to support this feasting in this world, this mission and ministry in 2024, and as we think about how each one of us will offer our own gifts of time and talent and treasure, let us look up at that invitation and be reminded, this is why we are here. We are here. Because even in the messiness of the world, we have been invited to feast at the table of God. Amen.